This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. And thank you for tuning in to Shine On today, a little inspiration for health and happiness, celebrating 10 beautiful years. You know, I thought Oprah would have called me at about like two years in to beg me to take over her satellite program, but instead she stopped doing her satellite program. Maybe she knew she just couldn't compete. I'm kidding. And I can't believe, too, that this little radio show turned podcast has had such a life. It has been my greatest education. Thank you for listening. Come spend a weekend with me this summer. Details at Casey.co. Coming up, real help for people with autoimmune and allergy issues. But first, I welcome back one of my favorite guests. He's Scottish and gritty, and you have to lean in to really listen and understand him. But he is so worth it. Gary John Bishop who gave us the New York Times bestseller, Unf Yourself, is back with a new book called Stop Doing That. Sorry for the near potty mouth. And please don't make a judgment against Gary Bishop's colorful language because you will miss the most life-changing messages. He's a good guy. And he shares in his book the three saboteurs or the three ways we keep throwing ourselves off our goals. Honestly, they are so beautiful and nuanced. Giving them just 11 minutes here just wouldn't do them justice. So find the book and read up on those. Stop doing that blank. Gary teaches us, if you want to change your life, you don't need to think differently. You really don't. You need to do differently. And Gary says that who we are now doesn't want to help us become who we want to be. I was overjoyed to get this phone call. Casey, how are you? It's Gary Bishop. Your last book changed my life. Awesome. I love to hear that. That's just brilliant, brilliant news. You just made my morning. In your last book, you said one sentence and changed my whole world. And I, I can't wait to tell you, you said you always win the game you play. Correct. Most scientific, neurological, you know, all the kind of good stuff, studies, say that for the most part, we're just on autopilot. We're basically subconscious beings and that most of your day is, you know, driven by what's going on in the background. And yet, and it seems in our lives like we're struggling with elements of our lives. Like we want it to go one way, but it seems like it's going the other way. What I say, and I actually say this in both of the life that you have is the one that you're driven to lead. And you're always winning. So if you're not having love in your life and you struggle with having love in your life, try on the idea that it's supposed to go that way. Like you, that that's what you've been driven to do. Or no money or not the body you want or not the career you want. Try on the, the idea that it's some point, uh, some notion in the background for you that you're winning at that game. You're winning at the game of no money. You're winning at the game of no love. You're winning at that game. And it, and it really flips how all that stuff starts to, starts to show up for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you slightly change your actions, your game changes. For sure. I mean, life, you know, it's another fascination we seem to have. Well, I, I notice we have is trying to change how we feel while life is kind of like screaming past us at an alarming rate. And, um, you know, real life change only happens, only ever happens, by the way, in the paradigm of action. So that is 
if you want your life to change, you must do differently. Now, you don't necessarily have to feel differently, which is where people get tripped up, but you must absolutely always do differently than you did before. Do differently than you did before. Gary John Bishop is the guest. His new book is Stop Doing That, S-H- Star T, you know, stop doing that stuff. We'll clean it up. And self-sabotage and demand your life back. What brought this thought around, Gary? You know, I've, I've coached and interacted with tens of thousands of people, you know, all over the world. It never ceased to amaze me, like, the number of people living lives, struggling with the same thing, you know, over and over. And if you, and we all talk about self-sabotage. You know, you know, oh, yeah, sabotaging, you know, my career and sabotaging my future. But I've never read an explanation of it that made any sense to me, you know. It's all just generally like some psychological term or a lack of something, like I didn't have something, so therefore that's why I keep doing that. You know, I didn't have willpower or motivation or something. Um, so I was really out to understand and, and, and break down the logic of self-sabotaging. Why would a human being do that? And in this book, I really have laid out a blueprint for you that you can not only see why human beings in general self-sabotage, but you actually uncover your own special brand of it, like what yours is modeled around. And you will see like the direction your life is going. Once you start uncovering that, there'll be, there'll be a, a lot of ahas when you read this book for people. There's just a lot of a lot of making sense of what maybe previously made no sense. Did you ever self-sabotage? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and still, right, like, I'm, I still deal with the same noise. The human being that I've become wants no part of the human being that I'm out to become. And so that's the kind of conflict right there, right? There's just... You have to say that again. I have to, I have to grasp that. <laughs> All right, so the human being that I've become this kind of identity, this persona, wants no part of the human being that I'm out to become. So it wants no part in the kind of risk or the uncertainty of the future, if you will. It wants no part in that. It wants to keep things safe and predictable. Even when that safe and predictable is something that I don't particularly want, my subconscious keeps producing those results if I don't understand that. So your, your life is very much about um, perpetuating something as opposed to new results. You know, my internal dialogue, my deepest internal dialogue, if you like, is about perpetuating the myth that I'm not smart enough, mm. right? It's something that I picked up when I was a kid. Right. And it just keeps rolling out in my life. So you can imagine what it's like trying to sit down and write a book with the noise of I'm not smart enough in the background of your thoughts, you know? Um, particularly if what you're writing, you don't feel as if it's that good. So everything I've ever done in terms of my current success is a complete victory over that. I mean, it's a triumph. And I, and I want people to get that they can produce the triumphs. They can go beyond who they have become. And there is a way to do it. And there's a way to do it that makes sense, that's logical, that it resonates. And, uh, and it's totally doable. Gary John Bishop, even when it says under your name, author of the New York Times bestseller, you still struggle? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you, you ask anybody who has that as a background noise, and, I, you know, I've met people who are professors, and the background noise of their life is I'm not smart enough. But for somebody else, it might be something like, I'm not loved. If you put that person in a relationship and the other person says, I love you, the person who has the noise of I'm not loved starts to doubt it. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. Like, th this person might love me, but at some level, I believe I'm not loved. How do I reconcile these two things? 
And and that's when self-sabotage starts to show up. That's when people will undermine their own lives to prove a certain kind of subconscious plot of theirs. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Your last book, as I mentioned, that one sentence, you always win the game you play, changed my world. And in this book, Stop Doing That Stuff, page 218, every day, several times a day, sometimes hundreds of times a day, and for countless days to come, you have to ask yourself, what is my future telling me to do right now? Right. Someone once asked me, how do I make a million dollars? I said, you deal with somebody who would deal when they're making a million dollars. Which seems a really simplistic answer, okay? And I know it is. But if, if people say stuff like, I want to make a million dollars, or I want to move to Tahiti, or I want, you know, like whatever they want, I want to start a business, one way to book. But if you examine your actions today, how many of those actions are actually aligned with that stuff? And here's the answer you'll find. None of them. Right. Like, we talk like we want gay lives. But we act like we ha- like we want ordinary ones, and so you have to really form your future. You have to really create for yourself. What, what am I going to use this life for? And you need to be checking in with your daily actions. Like, what am I doing today that's aligned with that? Again, this is a not only a methodology I coach people in, but I use myself in my life. My life every day is filled with the sort of stuff that's aligned with the future I'm out to have. Not that I'm desperate to get to the future, but I'm interested in having the kind of future that excites me in the present. And that's, that's everything to me. Yeah. Here's another Gary John Bishop quote. You're not broken. There's nothing to fix. You're not a effing chair. You're an expression. So get out there and express your future. Make it something great, something worth giving your life to. Everything else is just complaining and crap coffee. <laughs> you have such a way with words. <laughs> I think we're, we're kind of swinging the pendulum the other way at times. We become so internalized, so trying to fix something that we think is wrong with ourselves. You know, in my view, that just exacerbates the thing, you know. I think there's something wrong with me. You know, my constantly focusing on that thing just expands it and grows it. As human beings, we have real job here is to express ourselves, our most vibrant and alive and intuitive selves. And, you know, if you're focusing on fixing something, you're, you're completely putting a block on your, what you're here for, which is to express and to express love and affinity and affection, passion, and adventure, all those things. All right, pick up the book, stop doing that stuff, and you'll meet the three saboteurs and you'll find out how to stop self-sabotaging. Gary, any last thoughts for your New York audience this morning? Yeah, um, I want people to get, like, like extraordinary lives are available to all of us, all of us, and that, that there's no there's no barrier other than the one that's in your head. I know it seems like there's a lot of other stuff, but it's not. It's you, and the quicker you get to work on you, the quicker you start to bust out of that trap that you might find yourself in. You're not broken. Stop doing that. What game are you playing? Cranky and tired? You're winning. Try playing. I go new places and learn new things. You'll win at that. Read Stop Doing That and Find Your Three Saboteurs and go back and find on F Yourself Too. And thanks for leaning in to listen to Gary Bishop. His message is so clear. You can be who you want to be. GaryJohnBishop.com. I love him. I think that's obvious. All right. We'll talk more about him next Saturday at Balance on Six in Mohegan Lake. Come to a half-day retreat there. Or join me for a weekend vacation in July or August. Would love to see you. Details at kc.co.co.
Okay, allergy people, listen up. People with autoimmune issues, turn up the volume. Dr. Elizabeth Yarnell can help you no matter where you are on the planet. She helped herself by stopping MS in its tracks with diet. Dr. Yarnell, tell us what happened in 1999. I went to sleep as usual one night and I awoke the next morning blind in my right eye. And I was, it was about two weeks before my 30th birthday. I went to the eye doctor and he said, oh, it looks like optic neuritis, which means swelling of the optic nerve or inflammation of the optic nerve. But my dad is actually a neurologist and he said, I think we need to go deeper. And so he pulled some strings and got me right in for an MRI at the hospital. I went right over to the hospital, got an MRI, which showed 17 scars from inflammation on my brain. So mm. that was that was a diagnosis of MS at that time. Kind of came out of nowhere. It was crazy. Wow. And here you are, a young woman, with all of the world in front of you. What did that do to your heart and soul? Crazy, huh? Because what you learn when you have MS is that 80% of MS patients are significantly disabled within 10 years of diagnosis. So here I was on my eve of my 30th birthday, but by my 40th birthday, I was probably going to be in a wheelchair. It was really devastating. First, I went and curled up in my bed with my computer and just tried to learn everything I could about MS and autoimmunity in general. But if you're faced with an autoimmune issue, what you'll find out is that even today, doctors still don't really know why MS happens to some people and not others. They know that it's an inflammatory degenerative nervous system disease, but they don't know why it happens or how to stop it. It was really depressing. My MS doctor showed me this this chart and it was like a downhill slope. And he, he basically said, this is your life. You're going, you're on this downhill slope with MS and you're going to hit the bottom or you're going to be significantly disabled just like everybody else with MS. Now, here we are 20 years later and I saw you on the computer screen the other night when we shared a, a video symposium and you look fabulous. Your energy is fabulous. I know you have a, a son. So tell us how you didn't go down that slope or it appears you did not go down that slope. I did not go down that slope. Here I am, I'm 20 years past diagnosis, just past my 50th birthday, and I'm still still wearing heels and not in wheels. I really believe that it has a lot to do with what we eat and what things that we're triggered by. After I was diagnosed, I was engaged at the time, and my fiance was a competitive athlete, and he's the first one who really said, you know, I really think what you eat might have something to do with the way that you're feeling. And I had to admit, he probably had a point because I've been living on my own for the entire decade of my 20s, and my staple foods were Crystal Light, Diet Coke, and gummy bears. Yeah, sounds about right. So, <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't have been that surprised that by the end of that decade, my, my body would give out on me. And so I started studying what we eat and how it makes us feel, and I studied sources like the ADA and the Mayo Clinic, and I went on to become a naturopathic doctor. The biggest turning point for me actually came when I started having babies, because my son was sick from the minute he came out. Terrible constipation would sometimes go two weeks without a bowel movement, and it would be so painful for him. He would vomit several times a day for about six years. It was crazy. Couldn't sleep through the night because he would wake up every 45 minutes. We took him to pediatric GI clinics. We had his DNA mapped. We did abdominal x-rays, and no one could seem to help us. 
that's when I found advanced food sensitivity testing. It's called the MRT. It's put out by a lab called Oxford Biotechnologies. It is really the gold standard in food sensitivity testing. And when we tested him, it was insane because one-third of the items, of the 150 items that we tested him with, came up reactive for him. Mm -hmm. Like everything from broccoli to garlic to lemon, things we thought were super healthy for him. Mm -hmm. But once we changed his diet and removed those items and kept him to the ones that were not reactive to him, the change was amazing. As soon as we changed his diet, within two months, he had gained 15 pounds and grown two and a half inches. His mood changed. He had been kind of a dark and moody child. You can imagine. He was in pain all the right. time. I remember walking by his room one day a couple months after we changed his diet and hearing him singing to himself. Oh. I had oh. never... That had never happened before. Yeah. He had never been happy enough to sing to himself. So now you so, are here to spread the word that diet is something people should look into if they're suffering from anything at all. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So then I, I went on and I decided as a naturopath that what I really wanted to focus on was creating these customized anti-inflammatory diets because I saw just the drastic change that it had for my son. What I realized as I focused my nationwide clinic on autoimmunity and MS in particular, both of them, was that it's really unique and individual for everyone. For most people, what we are sensitive to. For myself, one of my most reactive foods is lettuce. Mm-hmm. Lettuce. What could be more innocuous than lettuce? You know, I'm sure there are people listening who are surprised, but I've done this testing. And they uh-huh. came back and said, oh, Miss Morabito, I've got good news. You're not allergic to lobster. <laughs> right? But I am a little bit allergic to just about everything else. And my big trigger food is white rice. So when mm-hmm. I would go to the, the Chinese buffet with my niece and nephew after all their sporting events and things, and I'd get rice and vegetables thinking I was being healthy, I'd be mm-hmm. sick for weeks. So I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. You're, you're preaching to the choir. But other people are saying, what? You can't eat lettuce? So now I can very clearly see that when I eat lettuce accidentally, that I become really wobbly on my feet and I start to have Mm. MS symptoms. All right, let me ask you about this. You've changed your diet. You've changed your son's diet. You have anti-inflammatory diets to share. Did Mm -hmm. your change of life and change of diet affect those those scars on your brain that we found when you were 29 years old? So for MS, those scars, when you look at the MRI records, they can kind of, some of them can come and go. The scars are really a calcium buildup. They're like a scar tissue of where there has been damaged from the inflammatory mediators that are released when your body is exposed to what it deems to be a threat. Mm-hmm. And they, they, in every person, they kind of build up in a different place. They might, for me, they, they're in my head around my nervous system. For you, they might be in your joints for arthritis or they, they could be... Um, really anywhere that you have pain in your gut or in your chest for like high blood pressure or um, asthma. Um, So the last time I had an MRI, which was about, oh my gosh, 10 years ago, I still had the same scars there, but I didn't have any more. So what I was able to do was really stop the progression of the disease in its tracks. And when when I work with people in my clinic, I tell them, you know, I don't know what we're going to be able to help you recover, but the goal for our therapy is going to be to stop you from getting worse. Because if you have an autoimmune disease, you know you're only going to get worse from going forward, and it feels like very helpless because you don't understand why 
things are going wrong. Right. Well, you're talking primarily to Westchester and the Hudson Valley in New York, and your clinic is in Denver. How can you help us from afar? Good question. My clinic is actually virtual. I help everyone all over North America. As long as you can get to a place where you can drop off a FedEx and it can reach Florida by the next morning, we can do the food sensitivity testing, and everything else happens over the phone or over Zoom. Wow, that's amazing. What are some of the success stories you can share with us? I've had patients who have been using canes and scooters before who are now walking perfectly fine. I have patients who were absolutely debilitated and feared to leave their houses because they were in so much pain who are no longer in pain. It's been just an amazing journey of working with hundreds and hundreds of people. All right, so we'll invite people to reach out to you. How do they do that? The best way to find me is always through my website at elizabethyarnell.com. Dr. Elizabeth Yarnell, our guest today. So you're in good health. Your son is in good health now. Yep. And we can't say to anyone, avoid this food or avoid that food, because it is exceptionally personal, right? It is exceptionally personal. I've just, I'm just about to launch a, a free seven-day course that you can sign up for on my website. And it will take you kind of through, it's a Kickstarter course. So it'll take you through some of the basics that you can do that I think everyone should start to avoid in their lives. Okay, now this free course on your website, this is for people, what, who have autoimmune issues, who have food issues, who should be tuning in for this? Really for anybody who feels like their health could be improved, that that they could be feeling better in their lives. And we wish that for you, Dr. Elizabeth with a Z, Yarnell, Y-A-R-N-E-L-L, ElizabethYarnell.com is where you go for more information. Hey, it's Casey. Thank you so much for shining on today. I would love to see you Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. If you're not heading out of town, I'll be at Balance on 6 for a half-day retreat. And I would love to see you there. You can find more information at Casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Balance on Six is on Route 6 in Mohegan Lake. My girlfriend Kat owns the space, and she's put together a great day of healers and movement and healthy snacks. And it's just a half day, Saturday the 25th, so we won't take up your whole weekend. But we will have a refreshing and meaningful exploration. Join us. And then uh, coming up, we have an inspirational weekend retreat in July at Marriondale in Ossining. And another inspirational weekend, think of them as little mini vacations, coming up in August at uh, Graymore in Garrison. And I think that's all we have. Oh, also in August, we're going to do media training. Vitamin R is a wonderful group of uh, brilliant people, and they help you bring good sense and even spirituality into your business. And we have a media training day coming up in August. But that's part of a big, long series that's actually starting soon. So you can go to the Open Center website. Search on the New York Open Center, Vitamin R. I'm really excited about what I'm going to do that day. I'm going to take people who want to be guests on the radio and do like little mini interviews with them, like live on the spot, and teach you how to be a great guest, I guess. I have a lot of great guests, so I know just how to teach you. I'm so looking forward to being with Marcy and Corey from Vitamin R and everybody at the New York Open Center. I love it there so, so, so much. That's coming up in August. What now? Time for the thought for the day. And of course, it's from Gary John Bishop, and this is the quote that is hanging all over my world. 
right now. Every day, several times a day, sometimes hundreds of times a day, and for countless days to come, you have to ask yourself, what does my future need me to do right now? Shannon. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.